0: Hey, it is a joy, um, you know, when I think about Christmas, not only just as we rightfully so with the cliche, remember the reason for the season, in addition to just faithfully understanding the reason and worshiping Christ, in addition to that, my favorite thing about Christmas is moments like this. It's moments where we just get to be family with one another, we get to laugh, we get to You know, have fun. We get to do choirs, we get fellowship, and I know there's Christmas parties and there's eating. It's just a fun time to celebrate the joy and the life that we have in Christ. And so we want to welcome you to our family. We often talk about New Hope as a church family because we are a family. We share life with one another. And if you're a guest, my name is Jonathan. I serve as one of the pastors, and we want to welcome you into our family. After service, we will have a time. Of hot chocolate, hot cocoa, and cookies downstairs, in fellowship. So we invite you to join us in fellowship. But if you have your Bibles, would you turn me to John chapter one? John chapter one. We've been in a series where we've just been calling Christmas light. Of you know, it's just kind of a play on words of the idea of a Christmas lights that are on houses, and um, you know, I love driving around and looking at houses. I just heard this morning about house in Long Island. that, uh, You know those houses that kind of sync up with the radio and you can turn the radio on and listen to the music? Those are great. But I shared this illustration and it was just a kind of just imagery that came to my mind. We had family in town a few weeks ago. I picked them up from the airport and as we were driving home we passed a house that we made fun of initially of just one Christmas light. It had like one of these type lights just like an LED LED light that was just shining on the house, and it changed colors, and it, it, we were like, "Man, they didn't try very hard. They just put up, they just plugged in one light, and that was their decorations." And then I was reminded by my wife that you well, you haven't put up any light. So, um, but as I begin to think about that, it's there's some truth there that. Um, there is really just one light. We think about Christmas lights in the plural. We've been having a series we've just talking about the Christmas light. And we've been looking at Scripture and the different lights references. And then when we get to John chapter one, there's a, there's a light reference that is a summary. In John 1, you get a summary of really all of the gospel of John. But in John chapter one, there's this phrase in verse seven talking about John the Baptist, John, the author of John, is not John the Baptist. So let's be clear. So the author of John is writing about a different person named John the Baptist. And he says this, he, referring to John the Baptist, he came as a witness, this is John 1, 7, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him, him being the light. John the Baptist, the he, he was not the light but came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. When we think about Jesus as the light, Scripture uses this language to talk about Jesus as the light of the world. And the imagery is still is as important today as it would have been 2,000 years ago. Imagine you're in a place of complete darkness. If possible, we turn out all the lights maybe in this room and there's no exterior light coming in of any kind. There's no light source, there's no phone, there's no watch lighting up. There's nothing to where you can't even see the hand in front of your face. If you ever been in a situation like that, it's it, it's a scary. It can be very scary. There's a reason why people have fears of darkness. Because in darkness, you can't see what's ahead of you. You don't know what's around you. There's this insecurity. There's this unrest of chaos. Things are not as they should be. We see in the beginning, God created everything. And the first thing he did is just taking away darkness and shining light into this world. Well, why is there a need for light? Why is this imagery of light important in the Gospel of John? Because we know the story of history is that things are not right. We read in the night before Christ that the message is that he comes and he makes all things right. When we look at history, we can easily see, we don't even have to really look at history, we can look at the present and we can see that things are not as they should be. We look around outside of these walls in this city. I, I hardly ever look at the news anymore, more than I have to, because it's quite depressing locally of things that are going on. When we look across the world, there's great tragedy, war, and brokenness. There's darkness in this world. But we don't even really have to look outside these walls. We can look at things that are in our own lives. We can look deep within our hearts and we can see that things are not as they should be. That things are not as God intended them to be. That to use the imagery of light and darkness, things are dark. Things are in chaos. Things are in broken. There is grief. There is hurt. There is great pain. Things are not as they should be. Kids, when we think about darkness and light, imagine watching a movie that there was no light on the TV screen. It'd be like the radio, basically. You're listening and you can hear things, but you can't see anything. Would that be a fun movie? No. One of the things that Disney does well, they literally call it Pixar, and it's part of it, and it's a picture and the idea of vibrant lights in their movies, because lights bring life to things, right? You love going around, kids, and looking at Christmas lights because of the beauty that light offers. Light has a usefulness because it pushes out darkness, but light also brings a beauty into this world, and God created things with beauty and light, but because of sin, there's brokenness and hurt. Well, we celebrate Christmas because of Jesus and the promise that he is the light that brings light to the world. There's just really one truth I want us to meditate on. Because when we think about Christmas, we understand, many of us, maybe not all of us, but many of us, we understand the Christmas message. We understand the beauty of Christ's birth and what that means for our lives. But there's a warning here in this text, and this is the only truth that I want us to unpack and just meditate on this Christmas as we think about Jesus being the light of the world. Notice how John 1, 7 starts. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. But look at the the statement that is given in verse 8. He was not the light. See, I don't think the issue in our world today is that there's a need for light in this world. I think our world understands that things are broken and not as they should be. That's not... A singular message within the Christian faith, that things are not as they should be, but they, there's a hope for better. Well, everybody looks around and sees that there's brokenness. Everybody looks around and sees that there is a need for light. The beauty of the gospel message and the truth of Christianity is that there is one true light, and here's the warning, is that this Christmas season, as we think about the light of the world and the light that is in your life, let us not confuse. False light for that which is real light. We go, okay, all right, pastor, I understand what you're saying. Jesus is the light of the world. I'm not confused. Yeah, but it's one thing for us to say it. It's a one thing for us to sing it here at Christmas. It's a one thing for us to read a Christmas story and go through traditions. But it's a whole nother thing that at the core and foundation of our lives to really believe that Jesus is the light of the world, that Jesus is the light of my life. Now, this is a simple truth and a simple message, but it's one that we tend to easily forget. When it comes to the Christian faith when it comes to the things of God, I think that all of us have short-term memory loss, that we it does not take long for us to remember or forget things that we should remember. It takes just a few bad incidences for us to begin to lose faith in the goodness that Christ is the light. But I want us to be challenged with that there is only one true light, and John makes it clear that, hey, John the Baptist is not the light. He was not the light of the world. What is it that if I was able to walk in your life, what is it that if I spent every moment of your day with you, that I might be able to go, hey, so-and-so, you think, based off how you're living, that this is the light of your life. You, you think that this relationship's going to make you whole, or you think that this career or this job or just the next dollar's going to make you whole. Well, if this were to happen in the world, then all would be right. But what is it that in our hearts that we tend to lean on to go, hey, I think, I think that's the answer. I think this is the answer. And in the simple gospel message and the simple Christmas message is there is only one answer. This is the simplicity of the Christian faith. This is the uh, craziness, if you will, of our culture calls it crazy, not I, but our culture calls crazy it crazy, just the simplicity of the fact that this, we really actually believe this. We really actually believe that the only hope for this world is Jesus, because he's the only light sufficient enough to bring hope and bring peace. He is the only one that can say that his message is, I make all things right. We said last week, talking about the kingdom of God and his mission to bring his kingdom over all of his creation, we defined it as this, that God's kingdom is his sovereign activity to rescue and renew all things through the work of jesus and we really believe jesus is the light of the world that rescues and renews all things including your own life including your family including history including your tradition with your kids you know many of you are first generation christians what that means is you didn't grow up in a christian home And there are positives and maybe negatives to that. A lot of times, maybe negatives. And you as parents, Christian parents, maybe having kids, and you are a first-generation Christian, you're going, hey, I want to pass on these traditions that Jesus comes into your life and he changes the history of your family. Just this past week, many of you know my pastor, David Jett. Uh, He's been here and he's preached a number of times. This past week, his father died two days ago. And I remember his father preaching, and the story of his family is that his, uh, his father, David Jett's father, Philip Jett, uh, was a first-generation Christian, that he came to know Christ, he grew up, trained his children in Christ, and now David Jett's children know Christ. But before that, the history prior to that was nothing but alcohol, abuse, and brokenness. Well, I give that as an example simply to say that when Christ comes into life, he changes everything from that point forward. And when we talk about Christ as the light of the world, we really believe that Christ coming into our lives and into our family and into this world changes things. This is why we scream from the rooftops the message of Jesus and that he is the light of the world, that there is tons of good that happens in this world. That is separate to Christ. Not everything apart from Christ is bad. There are a lot of good community efforts and government efforts to serve and meet needs and help the poor and do all these different types of things. And we want to applaud those. But we also want to say, apart from Christ, anything we do to offer hope to this world will be insufficient. But Christ and Christ alone is the hope of the world. So when we celebrate this Christmas, we're celebrating the truth that Jesus is the light of the world. Kids, who in here likes Christmas lights? Likes Christmas lights? When you drive around and you look at Christmas lights, here's what I want you to remember. As beautiful as they are and as awesome as they are, one of the reasons why we have a tradition of putting up lights on a Christmas tree or putting up lights around, we have extra lights and we put up. you see lights out on a house is because it's a reminder of the truth that we're talking about tonight, that Jesus is the light of the world. And that means that Jesus brings and makes all things right. So here's what you're going to do. Pretend your parents aren't in here. All right? We're gonna, I'm going to tell you something to say to them to impress them. All right? So they're going to be like, wow, you're, that's, very, that's very spiritual of you. That's very Christian of you. When you see lights, go, man, those are beautiful lights. You know what those lights represent? They represent Jesus as the light of the world and that he makes all things right. All right, I want you to say that to your parents later on right? Or, or even better maybe, is they just heard that. So ask them what it means and see if they get it right, right? If that's even better. Parents, challenge to you, right? But it is, it's a message to remember, guys, that Christ is the light of the world. It's a simple truth, but it's a truth that if we live our life off, we'll radically transform our lives forever. Because when Christ comes in, he dispels darkness and he changes everything, and so let us worship Christ as the light of the world. Let us not confuse false light for the real light. Nothing else in this life, nothing else in your life has the ability to be the light of your life except for Jesus Christ. That is the message of God's word today. I'm gonna to pray and then Charles is gonna lead us in song and then we will take up our offering, have an absence and then we will go in fellowship together. So would you join me as I just pray? But. It, this is a time of response for you. And Charles is going to lead us just in song and singing because one of our themes has been that when Christ brings peace into our life, one of the responses is singing. But instead of me praying just over the room, as I often do, I just want you to take a moment in between you and the Lord. Just pray to him yourself and go, Jesus, would you be the light of my life? Jesus, I trust you as my Lord and Savior. Come and be the light of my life. Take out the brokenness and the darkness in my life. Would you make all things right within me? Before we can ask Jesus to make all, thing, all things right outside, we have to ask for him to make all things right inside. Because he has chosen to make all things right through the work of his spirit in the church. And if the church doesn't have all right in their hearts, how can we offer the light of the world to those outside? So just take a moment right where you are and go, Jesus, be the light of my life. That my life needs you, Jesus, to make all things right. I need you, Jesus, to be the center of my life. The cornerstone where all of the rest of my life is built upon. Would you be the center of my life? Would you be the light of my life? So Jesus, I do pray over this room that hearts would cry out that truth, that you are the light of the world. And they wouldn't just cry it out with their words, but the depths of their soul would sing that reality. Jesus, thank you for coming amongst us, living in order to offer us eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into our brokenness in order to make all things right. And we worship you as our Savior because of that. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can email us at info at newhopeny.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for those outlets is New Hope NYC. Our website is www.newhopeny.org. If you are in the New York City area, we have 4 p.m. worship gatherings on Sundays at 164-2 Gothels Avenue in Jamaica, Queens. We're praying for you, and we hope to see you soon.